G'day, my name is Jeff McPherson. Now I know I look like that guy who was going to have a haircut just before we went into lockdown, but I'm also the general manager of Multiply and I'm going to be opening the scriptures with you today. But before I do that, I just wanted to give you a bit of an uh, insight into what Multiply actually does and what it stands for. So our vision statement is to enable, identify and unleash missional leaders to evangelize churches into existence and train God's people to do ministry throughout Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, really, we focus on uh, two main areas. One is church planting and the other is the area of apprenticeship training. And I just want to speak a little bit about each of those. So what we do is we, we identify. So we help churches or individuals who are thinking of planting churches to identify who are the most suitable planters. Is somebody um, suitably qualified? Do they have the skills? Are they going to be well supported? Uh, do they have um, the training that's necessary to go and, and start and establish a new church? So what we do is we do an assessment process. We work with those churches, we work with individuals who are thinking about church planting, and we assess their suitability. Um, it's not an examination type assessment, it's, it's an assessment to see how we can best support them and if it's a wise move for them to make. We also um, work with churches to identify potential apprentices, people who can go on and work in the church and do ministry um, for the local church. So. That's the first part of identifying. We also seek to enable churches and church planters and also apprentices. So what we do is, again, we we provide a network of um, church planters who are able to support, um, who are able to see, you know, strategies and, and places that need new churches in New Zealand. And also what we do with the apprenticeship side of things, we we provide a, a network of, of trainers. Uh, so you may have apprentices in your church. I know that your church does have apprentices. And so um, what we do is we work with your church to help um, the, the trainers and the apprentices to move forward in their ministry. Um, so we, we are de dedicated to identifying and enabling, and then also um, unleashing. Really, it's about coaching pastors, um, being there to support church planters um, in terms of the for, for the ministry, but also for apprentices, we provide training days and um, just that that kind of that uh, support, that kind of input, that that content that so often is needed for people who are in ministry. We um, we focus on doing in terms of activities. We do the assessments for church planters. But we also provide a structure for, for apprentices and trainers. And then throughout the year, we actually put on four training days that um, trainers and their apprentices will come to and we identify or we address, you know, and talk about different areas of ministry that um, may be either a current issue or we know that they will have to face at some point in their ministry. We also run an annual conference, which is a public conference that's open to everyone and anyone. This year it's scheduled for the 28th and 29th of August here in Auckland. 
and Dr. Rory Shiner from Perth, Australia is going to be coming and um, giving us the messages there. He's going to be speaking from the uh, about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and what that means for us as believers. Now, if you want more information about Multiply, um, you can go to our website, multiply.co.nz and look us up and uh, if you've got any questions or you're interested in apprenticeship or you're interested in church planting love to talk to you and have a yarn and uh, see how we can help you so that's just a little bit about uh, multiply church um, planting network but i want to open the scriptures with you today and um, i'm going to be doing that from the gospel uh, according to luke and chapter 10. But before we um, open that up, why don't we pray? Let us pray. Lord God in heaven, we thank you that you are so gracious and kind to us. You have blessed us such a, in a, such an abundance of uh, good things in life and even in these difficult times of uh, lockdowns and quarantine and, and fear of, of um, viruses and that kind of stuff, we know that our hope is in you. We have everything that we could ever want and everything we could ever need in our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So, Lord God, uh, send your Holy Spirit now as we take some time to open the Bible together, that we would be those who hear your word and your Holy Spirit would mix your word with faith in our hearts so that we would be a fruit, so that we would be your people doing your work in your world. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, I want you to um, turn to this passage in the Gospel according to Luke in chapter 10. And um, this is about the harvest. And this is about the need for us to respond to the harvest. And as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a headline I saw in a UK newspaper about how farmers in um, the UK were desperate to get workers in to harvest their crops, to pick the veggies, pick the lettuce, um, dig the potatoes, pick the carrots or whatever. Um, and uh, they were so desperate and they were so short on workers that they were going to fly in a plane load of agricultural workers from Romania. They were looking at the harvest field. They were saying, you know, there's fruit that, and vegetables that need to be harvested. The laborers are few. Uh, what can the government do to help us um, with special visa waivers? So this is a, uh, in this account, Jesus says a similar kind of thing, but it's about something far more important than carrots and, uh, and, and, and broccoli. It's about the gospel, the living word of life, the, the gospel of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you read the gospel according to Luke, um, one of the things you will notice is that um, he, Jesus starts this journey and it begins in, the, in, the, in Luke chapter 9 verse 51 where he, he starts a journey up to Jerusalem. And that journey, by the way, actually takes you all the way through to chapter 19 of Luke verse 28. And as Jesus makes this journey, of course, he encounters people, he teaches, he performs miracles, he um, faces opposition from his opponents, 
and eventually of course he comes to Jerusalem and there he is arrested, uh, betrayed, arrested and crucified. But here he, um, what he does is he sends out 70 of his followers. Now notice these are not disciples, these are not the 12, these are 70. And so these are, these are his followers, these are believers just like you and I, ordinary believers, whom Jesus sends out to do his work. But as he sends them out, he trains them, and so he teaches them about what's necessary. So he, he gives them the message to go out with, but he tells them what to expect when they do go out and, and preach the gospel. And I'd like us to look at those um, at these words today, because I think they have uh, good and, and uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we can take to heart, but I think there's also a massive challenge as well. So the challenge is this. The challenge is one that comes um, and says, what are you doing with the message of the gospel? The message uh, that, that Christ has come into the world, the Son of God. And you see that it present, it's presented in the story um, in a way that you see there's two kinds of responses. The first is the response that's expected for those who haven't heard it and are required to believe it. And um, Jesus warns his, his followers, the, his workers that he's sending out, that not everybody's going to be super happy to hear this gospel message. And in fact, they should expect that some will reject that message. Uh, they will turn their backs on God. But then he doesn't just leave it there. He says, but for those who have, and he's talking, of course, to the Christians, those who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and trusted him as their saviour, he says, you also need to think about how you're going to respond to this this message. And so he sends them out. He's, he's sending them out with urgency. He's sending them out with focus. You know, notice that he says, when you go, you don't um, stop and chat with people. You just keep going, greet no one on the road. Verse 4, some people wonder about that. Does that mean we... Um, should be just uh, as we go out as Christian workers to do our job, we shouldn't have any kind of conversations or stop and stop and chat with uh, neighbours and workmates. No, what he's what he's doing is there is highlighting the importance and the urgency. This is an important task, and stay focused. Don't get distracted. But notice what he he does here. He says, um, "God is doing a work." Now Jesus talks about it here like a harvest. Um, it's a, you know, he's picturing a, a, a tree that's come into fruit, um, like our Fijoa tree at the moment, and we've got to go out and harvest our Fijoas um, every, every day. Um, but in other places, Jesus talks about sowers. He, you know, he talks about a sower who goes out to sow. I don't think he's actually necessarily intending different audiences or different approaches to the gospel. I think the harvesting and the sowing are just... Um, two different metaphors that essentially are teaching the same thing. But notice the, um, the response uh, that Jesus is expecting from us as, he, um, as, as the story is told, as the, uh, should I say, the Holy Spirit expects from us as, as we read this account of what Jesus does. So the first thing I think we notice here is that um, Jesus is is challenging us and 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 the spirit is is taking these words and is challenging you and i to to start with believing in jesus as the king start with believing 
in Jesus as the king. And that's really serious, isn't it? Because he sends them out and notice he says, I, verse 3, Behold, go your way, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And he talks about how they go. And he says in verse 5, uh, Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. And then he says in verse 9, Heal the sick in that place that you go if you enter a town. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And so the, the, um, what Jesus is doing is he's sending his followers out with a message. It's a message that is bound up in those two ideas. Jesus is the king whom God has sent into the world. And he's ushering God's rule and God's reign. That's the idea of the kingdom of God. But it's a, the king is a certain kind of king. He's a king of peace, or we otherwise know him as the prince of peace, who brings a message of peace um, that, that penetrates and comes into people's hearts and lives when they believe and when they accept it. Um, and so what he's saying here is that you know, to his, his disciples and to his followers, he sends the 70 out, that to go out and tell people that the king has come and that he's come with a message of peace and that they need to hear it. Um, but not everybody, of course, is going to welcome it, but they still need to think about how they're going to respond. And, and so this message about the Lord Jesus, um, who has come as the king, it's not something that everybody's super excited to hear. He says, he says uh, you know, when you go to a place in verse 9, you tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your own town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. I tell you, it will be more tolerable on that day for Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, sorry, not Gomorrah for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, who were exalted to heaven, you shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears you, hears me, and the one who rejects you, rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. See what Jesus is doing there. He's sending the 70 out <clears throat> with a message of the kingdom, and he's sending them out with the message of peace. Um, but he's forewarning them that people are not all going to receive and accept this message. They're not all going to say, oh, great, I've been waiting, you know, I'd, I've just been sitting here and thinking I'm, I'm trying to run my life my way, you know, I've still got the steering wheel of my life and I'm waiting for somebody to come in and take over and I'm waiting to, to repent of my sins and, and believe in Jesus. He says, no, not everybody's going to accept that. Not everybody's wanting to to hear that. And um, and so what you, you and I pick up when we read that, though, is notice how much attention he gives to the danger of rejecting that message. And I believe that this, the Holy Spirit has, has guided Luke to, to write all that detail in here because it's a, it's a warning to you and I. It's a warning to us um, that we don't play fast and loose with the truth of the gospel, that we don't think, well, you know, I will come to God on my terms, in my time, in my way. 
I remember when I was a younger guy and I grew up in a Christian home, but I'd rejected the message of the gospel. I remember I used to think, well, you know, hey, I'm, life is too much fun now. I'm doing too much cool stuff. Um, and I'm, you know, doing things my way. Maybe when I'm a bit older, though, I'll, I'll think about God and I might come and, and believe in the Lord Jesus. Um, maybe when I'm really old, like 50 or something like that. Huh? Um, you know, and, and, and that's, that's the, the way human heart works, doesn't it? We, we think, yeah, I'll do things my way. So we still want to sit on the throne. We still want to retain control and, and, um, and just, you know, cut our own path, so to speak. But wow, what a serious warning, eh? This is like, whoa, <laughs> you don't often hear woes. It's alas, away in Māori, you know, woe to you, alas. You know, it's going to be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. You know, we know about Sodom and Gomorrah, these, these cities that rebelled against God and fire came and destroyed them because the people were so desperately wicked and, and hateful and violent. And um, he's saying, Jesus says to his disciples, you know, you're going out with this wonderful gospel, but people who reject you and those who reject you, it's, it's serious. It's a terrible sin. It's a terrible thing to reject King Jesus who comes and offers peace. I don't know if you've ever thought about peace. You know, peace is one of those things you kind of don't get it in a can. Um, you can't buy it in a shop. You really can't even get it in some kind of course of meditation or self-help or even in a book. You might learn little techniques that might give you mindfulness or some ability to control your emotions. But you know, the peace, when the Bible talks about peace, it's talking about something that is far bigger, isn't it? It's talking about a relationship. And it's talking about your relationship with the living God, the King of the universe. And it's talking about, do you have a, a relationship of peace? Uh, are you his, are you God's friend? Do you know God? Do you love God? Do you desire to live your life his way rather than your way? And, and in return, do you know that your sins have been forgiven? That Jesus has pronounced, you know, the Hebrew word is shalom. He's pronounced God's shalom on your life, uh, that you've received his peace because you have bowed your knee to the one true king who is the Lord Jesus who died on the cross to take away the guilt and punishment of your sin and my sin and to give you peace with God in return. And so there's quite a challenge in that, isn't there? And, and um, you know, I'm not here to browbeat anybody or, or to try and frighten anybody, but just, just search your own heart. Um, look into your own heart and ask yourself, you know, have I, have I come to that place in my life where I have fully entrusted my soul to the Lord Jesus Christ and believed in him, confessing my sins and trusting him alone for salvation? But of course, this account, um, it, it doesn't leave it there. And in fact, in, in many ways, that's not the, the actual um, main thrust of it, but it comes out very strongly because the amount of attention that Luke gives to describing how serious it is to, to, to reject the Lord Jesus. 
But it begins, though, with this, this call to those who have received and who have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, if you reject him, it's kind of like you, you, you stop. It's like you, you know, you go to jail, like on the Monopoly board, you're stuck in jail. But if you, if you have received the Lord Jesus and you have received the peace, as it says here, when, when you, whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to that house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. So if God's peace is upon you and you have received God's peace, this, this um, passage uh, is challenging you uh, to carry on believing by supporting. So remember I talked first up about start by believing in Jesus as the king. Now I think what we see here, the message is carry on believing in Jesus as king by supporting the work of his kingdom by supporting the the ministry of his workers um and and how does he bring that out well you've got the 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 instruction or the the command at the um at the start of the passage don't you he where jesus says and he said to them verse two the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few therefore pray pray earnestly to the lord of the harvest and so what Jesus does is he he um he opens up this this training session now you've believed in me now you're trusting that in my kingly rule now I'm going to train you to go and tell others and first of all pray this is this is the start begin by praying why well we need to begin by praying i think firstly because Often when we, we look around or when we th- um, see the world around us, we're actually blind. We, it's called a myopia. We're, we have to wear spectacles because we actually don't see what's right under our nose. And I believe that what Jesus is teaching his disciples and teaching you and I here is that when we, when we start to pray, God reveals himself. He shows us things, doesn't he? We start to, as we pray according to God's will, we start to think according to the mind of God. We see things in a different light. You know, um, when I was a, a teen, I, for holiday work, a lot of the work that I would do would be on kiwifruit farms. Uh, where I grew up, there were a lot of kiwifruit farms in the area, and it was um, quite a lucrative industry at that time. And um, kiwifruit is it's quite interesting because you drive past a kiwifruit orchard and you might just see leaves, really, pretty much just big the big furry leaves that they have on kiwi fruit and they and they seem to grow up high and they're, they're covering um, over the posts and the, and the pieces of wire this the, the wire stretched out and it's often not until you get close and then you look more closely that you'll see where the fruit is at, when it's in season obviously because the fruit of the kiwi fruit is it's a similar color to the leaves and sometimes you've got to look really closely before you actually see it and i think it's the same isn't it with with gospel work we, um, we, we need to start praying, start with praying so that, and saying, God, show me what is the work that you want me to do. Show me the need in my city. Show me the need at my workplace. Show me the need in my family or amongst my friends. Uh, show me the gospel need um, and that I would see it and I would be able to identify it. In, in, in the gospel, according to John, uh, in chapter four, Jesus, he actually says, you know, lift Lift up your eyes and and look, he says to his disciples, look on the harvest field. 
um, and, and see it and notice it. And so when we um, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and if you've done this, I know that then you will be praying. And if you're not, I want to encourage you to pray. Uh, pray that um, as God has worked in your heart and in your life, that he will give you prayers that enlarge your heart for others. Kingdom enlarging prayers. Kingdom seeing prayers. Uh, prayers that see the harvest field. And, and that your heart will begin to resonate with the heart of Jesus who who remember he wept over Jerusalem. You know, he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I wanted to gather you as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, but you would not. And it grieved Jesus, he wept. And um, we need to have that understanding. We need to have that same mindset, don't we? To be touched by the same uh, passion and, and, and the same compassion for people around us and for the lost. So, Pray. Notice how Jesus, it's a direct command here, pray. But there's some other things in here that are we, can be a little bit more subtle. I think this is also an encouragement to give. How do I say that? Well, when he sends out his 70, he says, you know, verse 4, carry no money bag, nor uh, no knapsack, no sandals, and uh, greet no one because you're focused on the work. Whatever house you enter, say, First say, peace be to this house, and if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. If not, will return, verse 7, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the labourer deserves his wages. Now, I've been a student, and I know what it like, it's like to be a, a uni student and um, to be invited to someone's house. I, I remember I used to go to a Bible study with a wonderful lady, a widow who... Um, would host the Bible study in her house. And I used to go home and wonder why I couldn't sleep at night. It was because I had just gorged myself on so much um, amazing baking that she had done. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's some, and I realised a bit with a bit of shame afterwards that, um, well, golly, you know, that was that's, that's not really the right way to go about things, is it? You know, just to go and, and be looking forward to the food. So Jesus is not saying, um, by the way, you know, just become a bludger, uh, just scoff, scoff all the food and, um, and, you know, just invite yourself around to people's places or go and stay with people in the church and, and just hang around like a bad smell until you're asked to leave. He's not talking about that, is he? What he's talking about, though, is, is that these people who, who's got peace with a peace if the Son of Peace is there and the peace of God rests upon that household, they will begin to support. They will begin to give. They will they will support the work of the, the ministry. So if there's a son or a daughter in that house who have been touched by peace, they will feed the messenger and they will give them a place to stay. And and, and how do we do that these days? Well, we you know what we do in our church is we collect money. Um, whether we do it on a Sunday or whether we do it online or uh, a one-off donation annually, however your business works. But we, we give, we give money, um, and it's not about making pastors rich and forget about those crazy guys you see on, on TV with their private jets and, and, and fancy houses and all that kind of thing. It's, it's nothing to do with that. That's not Christianity. But it's about supporting the workers so they can do their work. That's why we give our money, don't we? That's why we give to churches. That's why we give to ministries. Um, so that people will 
hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. The, so that the Lord of the harvest, remember, he's saying, praying for, pray for the harvest workers to be sent into the harvest field. And the harvest workers have got to eat. Um, they've got to survive. They've got to feed their families. And so that's why we, we give. So as God touches our hearts and as we receive the Lord Jesus Christ and as we believe on him, then, uh, then we will want to give and support that ministry. And uh, we can do amazing things, can't we? I want to encourage you. If God has blessed you um, and you've got financial means, whether they're great or small means, it doesn't matter. What a wonderful privilege it is to be able to join in that work of ministry and to support um, labourers both here in New Zealand and all around the world. And finally, of course, yes, you knew I was going to get there, but I think there is that element that we can't avoid ourselves, and it's that, am I going to, what am I going to do personally? Notice he says that, verse 2, he says, pray, and then verse 3, he says, go your way. So the training is over, go. I'm sending you out. Now, it's a little bit scary the way he sends them out. He talks about them being like lambs amongst wolves and and there's a sense in which they're very vulnerable, but of course he's with them, isn't he? You know, the great shepherd of the sheep is going to be with his his workers as they go out. But the point is this: if if um, you have received God's peace, right, and you're at peace with God, and you you will want others to be at peace with God, and as you pray about that, and as you you orientate your life, your priorities, your finances, your your um, recreation and, and your budget and, and as you do that in order to see others come to have peace with God you also need to think about how you can be a part of that remember Christianity isn't a spectator sport is it it's not about just sitting on the sidelines and clapping and applauding and and uh, encouraging others to go and do the work well we do that but we also get in on the action ourselves don't we 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 get on the field and um, remember, these these seventy, they're not the, the apostles. They're not the twelve. The, these are these are just ordinary believers like you and I, and the ordinary followers of Jesus. And he says, "I want you to go." Though now, when I say go, a lot of us we think of maybe being a pastor or a, a youth minister or a missionary in another country. Um, maybe we even just think of you know somebody's doing an apprenticeship in our church. And all those things are true, but it's not confined. Going is not confined just to those roles and just to those people. Going involves all of us. You and I, we can all go. Um, and in fact, God expects all of us to go. So if you're a doctor today, your going is being your doctor as being a doctor as a believer in your practice or in the hospital wherever you 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 practice. Or whether it's as a teacher, you're God has sent you into your school. Or whether you're a builder, God has sent you onto the, onto the building site and into the workplace. Or whether you're a student, uh, whether it's at a high school, whether it's at uni, God has sent you there. Um, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, mum or dad, that's, that's the place that God has put you. And, and so when Jesus says, go, I'm sending you, that's where he's sending you. It doesn't have to be some exotic place. It doesn't have to be somewhere different. 
but that is where he's sending you. And that's where he's sending me as well. The places that God has put us, the places that we are now. And he is sending out, us out to take the gospel of peace, uh, the good news about the Lord Jesus. And, um, you know, that's, that's why we, we want to equip and train people at, at Multiply. Uh, we're passionate about helping people to see how they can be used. It's one of the reasons we run the annual conference to just challenge. Our conference is called Challenge and, and Advance. We want people to be challenged to consider ministry and we want people to advance on with the gospel um, and to use whatever it is, whether it is your workplace, whether it's sports, um, whether it is your school uh, that you're in, um, whether it's gaming online, you know, you can in chats with, with uh, other gamers, uh, using social media, um, whatever place it is, you and I are called to go and to be um, gospel workers, to be uh, workers in the harvest field. Well, you know, Jesus um, Jesus sent out 70 and, and, and uh, my prayer is that he has sent someone your way today. And maybe this is the first time you've ever heard about this Jesus guy and you, you've got a lot of doubts and a lot of questions. I, I'd encourage you to find a Christian friend, um, say, hey, can you tell me a bit more about Jesus? Or even better, say, um, can you read the Bible with me? That's that's just a great place. Um, there's no there's no uh, hooks or anything like that there. Just start reading the Bible with them and, and learn about Jesus firsthand. It's all there in the, in the Bible. Um, but if if he, if he, you have received Jesus and you are believing in him and you do consider yourself a Christian um, and he is your king, are you living like he is your king? In other words, are you carrying on are doing your program or in our view are you doing Jesus program um, do you know the joy of serving Jesus in prayer and sharing and giving and also by rolling up your sleeves getting involved in the work well um, it's a privilege uh, and it's a privilege for me to be able to share that with you today um, I would encourage you to pray about these things and to ask yourself, is Jesus my king? And also ask yourself, is if he is my king, am I really treating him like he is the king who has called me to come and do his work? It says here, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Amen. Let me pray with us. Heavenly Lord and Almighty God, what a, what a wonderful privilege we have where we are being invited to come to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Your word tells us that there is no other name given under heaven among men by which we must be saved. And we know that name. It's not a mystery. It's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That name who was revealed to us almost 2,000 years ago when he came, was born in Bethlehem as a little baby, grew up to be a man, and uh, died on the cross outside Jerusalem and on the third day rose again and has ascended into glory 
We thank you for our Lord Jesus, because he is the one who gives us peace. And we pray that as we look to him as the Prince of Peace, we would know your peace in our hearts and lives too. Lord, you've given us the privilege too of serving you. So Lord, we help us to start by praying. And as we pray, help us to see the harvest, help us to see the work, open our hearts to be generous to the work and give us the courage and the obedience and uh, the training that we need to be able to go and tell others about our Saviour, Jesus Christ. We ask in his wonderful name. Amen. You've been listening to a sermon recording from Auckland EV. We hope you found it helpful. And if you'd like to find out more about Jesus or about church, we'd love to get in touch. So check out our website at aucklandev.co.nz for more details. Thanks for listening.